Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber, and our show went everywhere tonight. Oh my God, what happened tonight? Everywhere. It was so much fun. I love sometimes it's when chaotic we- chaotic and beautiful at the when, same time. Yeah, when we go off the syllabus, because we kind of have like a syllabus. A syllabus. A little one. A uh, and we get we get discussion points from guests when they come on, if mm. they want to talk about something specific. And one of yeah, the well, points- I went the hell tonight. No, it what didn't. Happened? It was great. Not one in a the, bad way. No, it was cool. One of the discussion points on here was talking about dark tourism, along with like paranormal tourism and stuff, which it's one of our favorite things to talk about on Be- the show. Before we go any further yeah. into this, though, I want to point out, we're recording this on October 29th, 2022, yeah. and today is National Tuxedo Cat oh, Day. So it's our little Rollins And our little Rollins, special is day. In, he's in studio today, and he's been getting pampered all day long because it's his day. Yeah. And he's sitting here staring at us right now. Hey, buddy, what's going he's on? He's so cute. He's anyway, yeah. uh, we do have a little bit of sad news. If you haven't oh, seen man. this on the what internet somewhere bummer. already, uh, Linda Godfrey has passed away. Linda Godfrey has been, a, she's, she has not been on the show since we brought it back in 2016, but she was on. She was on back in the day. Back in the day. Highly respected by our crew. And if you don't man. know who she is, she is one of. One of the major serious researchers of the Dogman, yeah, uh, Bigfoot, any kind of she, big cryptid, but Dogman was really her her baby. She wrote a book called The Beast of Bray Road. Mm-hmm. She was from Wisconsin. She was a journalist. She heard these stories. These these people having highly, these experiences. highly respected in the community. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. She was one of those people that I mean, she was not crazy. She wasn't bonkers. No, but but everybody, everybody I knew who knew her who were like, you know, she kind Everybody was always like, dude, yeah, she's awesome. Totally she, cool lady. She was on Coast awesome. to Coast one night a few years back, and she gave me chills because she was talking about the connection that she was seeing with UFOs, dogmen, uh, something I don't know, but I never expected to get super spooked out and not be able to sleep from hearing something Linda Godfrey was saying just because she is so – yeah. She was so sweet. I got a floof under my feet She's right now. She's got like this tiny little voice. And anyway, I remember I saw her in 2019. She was at the Paracon up in the Sioux in the UP in Michigan. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then after well, that, I peace, guess, man. you know, things she, went downhill. Yeah, so. Rest in peace, Linda. Yeah, uh, she was 71. Respect. She gets all of our respect here. I'm sad to see it go. I know that if you go to her page, I think her family's accepting donations that are, is going towards Parkinson's research, which is what she passed away from. Yeah, let's uh, you know, let's put that out there. So yeah, we'll um, we'll link that up there. Uh, but yeah, poor yeah, Linda we'll, Godfrey. You know, yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it up on. She the, yeah, she wrote right. 18 books too, so keep her books alive. You know, I'm sure someone in her family is going to hope you know keep them published. Weird Michigan. She wrote Weird Michigan, which is one of my all-time favorite books when it comes to just a great collection of paranormal oddities mm-hmm. from the state. And usually these weird books, there's one for every state, but she's the one that wrote the Michigan one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we will miss Linda Godfrey. I'd, I'd, I'd always hope to get her back on the show and talk to her. And I was, I was just even recently, like two weeks ago, I bought one of her books again yeah. that I didn't have. So... Uh, all Epic respect. Bummer. We're, we're going to link up her page yeah. on this posting for the show. And yeah, if you want to donate anything on her page, you know, we'd love. Yeah, we'll we'll get you over there. Uh, but John, John Brossard, John the Voice Brossard Jr., Brossard. who we had him tonight, he's got a fantastic speaking been voice. Exactly a year since we talked. Yeah, to him. it's been a year. Theory, uh, we had no idea we did that. No, he's an author. He's a host, and he's the podcaster behind the Kitchen Table Historian. So if you love listening to John, make sure to head over to wherever you find or, or listen to your yeah, shows, your, your podcasts, podcasts yep. and search Kitchen Table Historian and subscribe. He grew up on stories of America's past told to him by family and friends. And he was always intrigued by the strange and unusual stories 
that his grandfather and father told him. He decided to turn it into a lifelong interest. Since that time, he has authored three books and numerous articles detailing forgotten stories from the nooks and crannies of history. In 2019, John started the kitchen table historian that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. bringing these weird and wonderful tales into the ears of eager listeners all over the nation. And also, uh, there's it's paranormal and true crime and it's just strange history. So those two, and those they're bite sized. Yeah. I said this on the show. They're yeah, bite sized. Yeah, you said they're shorter. Like eight minutes sometimes 10 minutes sometimes 20 so if get if you're just running a quick errand you can just pop on the kitchen table historian and check out what he has to say and of course you can go find his books on amazon we'll have that linked up on our site mm-hmm. uh but we talked about everything tonight so yeah, we went this is a smorgasbord yeah. hang on guys it's quite a it's, ride and 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 coming up too speaking of master storytellers who have great voices uh we do have mark onspaugh coming back on we Ooh, have not December. had mark yeah. in for a couple of years it's been a hot second and it's been a hot second and if he's he, one of our favorite people. Mark Love the guy. always reads stories to us. Yeah. Sometimes he's written stories specifically for the show that Which I'm blown away by. Blowing. It's probably one of the biggest compliments we've ever gotten. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so if you haven't, search Mark Onspa if you haven't listened to him yet, because uh, yeah. those past shows are great. Yeah. Otherwise, I think those are all of our updates for now. Yeah, I think we're good. It's been yeah. a little while. Hang yeah. in there. I hope yeah. everyone had a good holiday. John, the voice, Broussard Jr., the guy's fantastic. We like, like I said, this is quite a ride tonight. You guys enjoy our discussion with John, the voice, <laughs> Brissard Jr. knows I love history and hauntings and we have one of the best ghostly talk guests to talk about just that. Yeah. John the voice Brossard. (laughs) 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 I say that only because he's a fellow podcaster and has an amazing speaking voice. Yeah. One of our favorites. Uh, And we're going to be talking about all kinds of cool stuff in the Quad Cities area, which we'll have John explain where that is again. Yeah, we talked about that last time. We'll do a little refresher. Yeah, a little refresher. So we're going to be talking about ghosts and haunted mansions. And we're also going to go into a a topic that I am very interested in, and that is dark tourism and also like ghost tours and all of that stuff. We're going to explore that a little bit with John. So welcome back to the show, John. We were just saying before the show that it's been almost exactly a year since you were last on. If we stayed on and recorded to for like another four hours and 45 (laughs) minutes, we would (laughs) technically nail it. Because, yeah, like last time we talked to you, and yeah, that's what it said on the calendar, was the 30th of November of 2021. So, yeah, I don't know how we did that, but we nearly nailed it by a year. So I think that's really cool. Talent. Raw talent. talent. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we do that. (laughs) (laughs) So what have you been doing in the past year? I know your book, Eerie... Quad Cities uh, that you also co-wrote with Michael McCarty, who's also been on the show. I know that was sort of fresh last time we talked to you. Um, I imagine you've been promoting that because we're going to be talking about some of this, some of the events or some of the places that were featured in that book. But mm-hmm. tell us what's new. What's going on, John? 
Nothing much. I mean, as far as the book goes, I mean, that's always an ongoing process. Uh, Honestly, Mike's doing more with it than I am at this point. I kind of got sidetracked with it and it was uh, something came out of it that I never expected. And I ended up going more with that than I did with the book. And, you know, beyond that, it's just, you know, life stuff. You know, I keep my podcast going. Uh, I really kind of wanted to start writing another book this year, but unfortunately that didn't get off the ground. It's so easy to just kind of blow that stuff off, especially when you get going. And, yeah. You know, like we were also talking, you know, we have day jobs. I know you've yep. said it on the show before and mm-hmm. we got drowned by overtime. And, you know, while it's, it's great to think I'm going to do that, you know, I still need that computer time. And when you're getting like maybe a hundred or 200 words done a day and you're doing a podcast and doing everything else, it just kind of floats away sometimes. Yeah. And if you're someone like us where our hobbies don't really pay us, it's not like you, you have to do it because, Oh, I got to make money. It's my second job or something like that. It's, yeah, it's sometimes yeah. it's maybe a little harder to get started on things. Cause you're like, well, no one's forced me to do this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like it it gives you that money is a great motivator. I don't care what people say. Do it because you love it. Well, love doesn't feed me and I need to eat. I'm a fat guy. I need to eat a lot. (laughs) This is a requirement. I think it's, you know, know. I love you podcast, but you're not giving me food. So, well, I think, you know, it's just that thing, too, especially with books. Um I've mentioned this, you know, a while ago. I tried, I've been trying to get a book off the ground for like now we're pushing like 18 years. Yeah, but you turned it into a, well, a I, podcast. Well, I turned it into a podcast. Which yeah. is more well, your cool. medium. Well, at least it's something. Yeah, no, I'm glad I did that. That's, that's the Stairway Spirits thing we do, which actually I should probably talk to you about that, John. We may have, have to have a conversation on that arm of ghostly talk also. But yeah. the, the thing I, I mentioned that because, yeah, like, when I try to dive back into that, you know, years, I started it like in 2004 and I tried to get back into it maybe about two or three years ago. And I just sat down with it. And I'm like, no, no, Scott, I, I you've can't seen, you've do seen this me. shit. You you've know? seen me in my dungeon writing. Oh, no. I, and, I, so. and I admire you for that. <laughs> I admire your fortitude. But I just decided, I mean, I decided, I'm like, this is not what I am set to do here. Yeah. It's just too much. It's very, it, was just, it was just so hard to get motivated. You know what I mean? So I think that's part of it too, especially when you're doing passion projects like this and like yours, John, where, yeah, it's hard to get motivated sometimes because you have a lot of other things to think about. So I totally understand that. Oh, you want to sit down with it. You want to, and the thing with passion projects is you want them to turn out the way you see them in your head. Yeah. And when they don't even a little bit and you kind of feel it slipping off, uh, you start getting angry with yourself. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm not saying you throw things across the room or anything. I know I do, but (laughs) um, that's just me, I guess. Anyway, uh, you start having those problems and it starts chipping away at your drive where it's like, I don't want to do this. It's not going the way I want and it's not going to turn out right. And you kind of have to, you have to be patient, but when it's taken you so long to kind of get in that headspace of being able to do it and motivating with it, then it's easy to kind of slip off and it's, it's harder to stay with that motivation and harder to have that patience involved with it. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. No, yeah, that's a fact. I, I know I also get like 
if I get frustrated with my projects, because I have multiple projects I'm working on right now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. and then I'll finally, oh, shut up. And then Ooh. I'll finally, I'll, <laughs> I'll finally like think I'm doing well or, or something, and then I'll just have a fit and be like, someone's just going to beat me to this anyway. Why bother? Like, I don't yes. know. I, I have weird moments like that where I'm just like, because the internet now, everybody seems to be anything you are interested in. I used to think I was kind of unique, like with my right. interests. And then enter the world of Instagram and hashtags. Oh, my God, yes. And then just go to, like, that Ouija board collector hashtag, and you see about <laughs> 2,000 other people exactly like you. And you're like, oh, like, I don't feel so, like, original anymore. Well, don't you remember a time when you were really happy to see that? I do briefly, and now I'm not. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I remember. Le- it, it oh, go ahead. Fleeting. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, you're fine, John. I'm, I'm just saying, like, there was a time, like, 20 years ago where it's like, Oh my God! There's people that are into going to cemeteries and walking around at nighttime. But that's because you found them on a notice on a cardboard yeah, at, no, at no, a no, grocery I found store. Them a, no, I found them on a Yahoo chat board. See, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> and you didn't find as many of them though. You just found. Oh like no, a I'm not saying there was a, a lot group. locally. Yeah, but that's how this show got started. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, there that, there was a time where I think that was welcome, but I do under, I agree with both you guys. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you really want to be that original, Amber? I mean, God. Well, that's the goal. <laughs> John, we're just going to interview Amber tonight. No, now. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you guys are fine. Talking actually, about. Go, what's that, John? No, I'm glad you actually said that because it's a huge thing that people don't, they don't realize it when it comes to, so you want to start a podcast, you want to go into true crime, you want to go into paranormal stuff, you want yeah. to do whatever, and you have it all set on your head and when you look at all the cool podcasting advice, which when even I started a few years ago, and definitely when you guys started, I'm sure there was no podcast advice. Right. This didn't exist. But no. now they got it all down to a science and 12 steps to instant success and all this other stuff. And one of them is, and be unique. Bring something <laughs> unique to the table. Yeah. It's like there's nothing new under the sun. I am doing the same thing. When I started, I was... Kind of new-ish, sort of, maybe. But then you start, you know, like you said, Amber, I mean, it's either an Instagram or it's Facebook or you Google it. God, yep. don't Google stuff. I That'll know. crush your yep. soul. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, it's like, oh, my God, I am so not unique. And, you, and then you hear that one person and you like their voice better. You like their story better. You like whatever better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it turns into, oh, man, I am just total crap. Why do I keep doing I this? And it becomes one more obstacle towards you just getting it done. You know, and it, I remember I would look at guys when I first started and uh, the platform I'm on, they actually headhunted me, which, you know, very flattering, but mm-hmm. it's part of what they do because they need people to sell their ads. You know, it's just the way it works. Mm-hmm. And they've been very good to me. So I'm not I'm not bad mouthing them by a long shot. But uh, st- I started looking at the people that started with me around the same time doing the true crime or whatever it was. And I kind of got in this unspoken competition with them. It's like, oh, they're doing that. Maybe I should do that. Oh, look, they have <laughs> three times as many followers. And I think there's one of them left now. Yeah, yeah. They will drop. If you, if oh, you God, have longevity yeah. and you have you, you keep with something, um, you will see the people. Uh, this good example is the ghost hunting boom of the early 2000s when oh there was like God, over yeah. 200 ghost hunting groups in Michigan where there's wow, and everyone had yeah. like a little website and we've always joke on the show they get the matching t-shirts and they, <laughs> they establish a vice president and a secretary and a treasurer and a PR. Oh yeah, everybody's got to have a title. Oh yeah. They're so everyone legit Everyone gets now. a title. Yeah. 
And, um, and they use the word professional science and science advisor. No, they use the word professional and scientific very EVP often. Specialist. A lot. Yeah. So yeah. when that was going on, though, <laughs> there is still like a few groups left, but we're talking, I could probably count on both hands how many groups are left because oh, wow. they truly had the passion for the subject and they have continued to be a group and. and you know, had members come and go throughout the years, but all those other people, and most of them weren't legit group societies that you could join. These were just groups of friends. They named themselves right. just like a band, you know. They started a band, <laughs> and then they went out, and they did stuff. They played some gigs, we're and then they broke up. I'm shitting on ghost hunting groups now. I know. Like... Well, well no, I, I, go ahead, John. I think it's a good thing to bring up, honestly, because I think there's a lot of that where – you see that they decide, well, we're going to form our own group and we're going to go around. Uh, and, and there's some groups that are kind of hobbyists that just, and they admit it. It's like, Hey, we like to get together. We like to go to these different places. We like to go to, uh, in Iowa, Edinburgh Manor. We go to the Velisca X murder house. You know, they go wherever state they're in. Sometimes they travel further, but they keep it like a hobby and they don't proclaim to be experts. They don't have a YouTube channel. Yeah. They don't have any of that. And then there's other groups and they have, a theme song and they have the t-shirts and they have the matching tattoos <laughs> yep. and they have all the cool advertising pictures where they're looking very serious yep. into the camera you know and posing and yeah, I, I, I like a rock band so well yeah. like a rock yeah, that's band. exactly what it is yeah i said that years ago yeah. too I, i'm like why are ghost hunting groups trying to all like look like cheesy crappy rock bands i i, I won't say yeah, their exactly. names but like i can think of Four right now, four different groups that exist out there that all have this like rock band look. Um, this oh, stance. Yeah. Whenever you see them advertising something, they have a stance. Well, they got the arms the crossed. Arms yeah. crossed. Yeah. The arms crossed. That gives the whole thing Stop. away. Like the arms crossed. Stop. It makes it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know it's how over. you're supposed to stand there. I guess just awkwardly with your arms at your side. But <laughs> I I don't I, know. But there's just the stance, the arms crossed stance. No. Well, dare I ask this question? Maybe you shouldn't make it all about yourself and about the the, the study itself. I guess. Well, uh, I, I mean, uh, I, no, okay, I maybe agree. I'm getting too philosophical. Also, but... though, the groups I'm thinking of are really more in it for the entertainment. Um, well, value. yeah, yeah, they yes. they're part of entertainment tourism uh, or dark tourism, as we'll be talking about. Uh, they're yeah. more of that. I think that anything. So they are selling themselves. Uh, yeah. It's a product. Yes. It's All a right, brand. We solved that. Absolutely. Problem. It's a brand. Let's, let's, we solved that. But, problem. but, but <laughs> in the early, like when we were talking about the old school ghost groups, like those guys, they weren't, they weren't, that was serious. Like they were like, no, yeah. Was a group. We got black shirts on. And like that was for real. That was, that well, was like. And I think what we were talking about a second ago, too, <laughs> in, 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 in all honesty, a lot of these, a lot of people, and I've, we've all seen, I know Amber and I, and I'm sure you have also, John, uh, mm-hmm. where I've seen a lot of people come and go. I don't know any other yeah. way to say it. Uh, and I think some people come in with a, and that's okay, though. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know, some people come in with oh. a genuine interest going, hey, I, I really want to explore this thing, right? Yeah. And then they do, and they go, well, you know, I explored it. Cool, I did it. Cool, I did it, and it's not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm going to find something else to do, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. So, I mean, you see a lot of right. people come and go, and I'm never going to ridicule people for that. I'd rather see people, you know, you know, come in, realize it's not for them and move out than be passionless in something that they feel stuck in, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> I'm so trapped by my persona now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once again, going with the whole rock star thing. Yeah. It used to be about the music, man. And it now... used to be about the music. <laughs> Now it's just gone. My passion's gone. It used to be about the ghosts, and now it's all EMF meters and yeah, yeah. my pose. 
used to be fun. Now it's, yeah, it's just us pointing square gadgets at things that aren't there. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, I, I, I am, I'm a believer I absolutely believe in this stuff. I believe in the phenomenon. I've had oh, yeah, my own experiences. 100%. And I didn't mean and that. I, I didn't mean that. that kind of, I didn't mean that. That no, in the general no, 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 sense. No, you know, a, yeah. no, you're fine. And yeah. I'm, you know, you're gonna have to try really hard to offend me. <laughs> we're we're gonna put that on the table right now. I I am, I am pretty bomb proof to mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. But I look at some of these things, and I think some of these people, I think that they go to some of these venues and they go with some of these groups and they get caught up in the moment and it's, it's not even the persona. So years and years and years ago, more years than I care to really divulge at the moment. (laughs) Um, I worked at Iowa state university. I was campus security. And basically I had the really important job of locking and unlocking buildings. And it was kind of cool. And there were, drunk people i report you know i kind of helped them out or i reported them to the cops that they were vandalizing stuff but i mean really it was just kind of a glorified security job and my primary duty really was locking and unlocking these campus buildings but Mm. when you're doing it at two or three o'clock in the morning you're the only one in these buildings at night and at the time i was getting up at like seven o'clock in the morning and going to classes all day and then i would take like a two or three hour nap so by three or four in the morning i am fried mm-hmm. and i remember walking along with my eyes closed and there were stretches of the wall that you could just kind of prop yourself up against and walk along and kind of hold yourself up and kind of keep your eyes halfway open so you didn't trip and lay yourself open and try to explain that injury <laughs> and you would and because you're tired and you're susceptible, you would freak yourself out because you're in this these places and you feel it's like any other empty building. You feel that empty space. You feel right. that lack of people and you're in there and you all it takes is one horror movie thought or one ghost story or one anything to kind of keep the ball rolling. And there was one yeah. building in particular. It was uh, landscape architecture. It was an old barn. Back in the 19th century, it was a barn for, uh, there used to be a, uh, I can't remember what they called it exactly, a show farm. And it was supposed to be with, uh, it was an actual working farm, but it was all of the latest agricultural gizmos and the latest farming techniques and whatever else. And you could go up there and you could talk to them and you could learn all about this new stuff. It was really kind of a cool idea. Mm -hmm. Well, it used to be a barn that housed draft animals and whatever else. And then over time, they didn't need that stuff, and so they converted into classrooms. My very first night, somebody told me, well, one of the supervisors, like, hey, you don't believe in ghosts, do you? And so, what? Is it haunted? You know, I'm a sucker for a good ghost story. I want to hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he tells me, yeah, allegedly there was a, a stable hand out there, and for whatever reason, he felt the need to commit suicide in the barn, and he hung himself from the loft. I know, just label slap urban legend on there right now, yeah. <laughs> because I know I did right away. It's like you have the nameless figure, you have an uncoll- uncorroborated story from anywhere. There's no names in here, and you could just kind of you know smell the BS from it from a mile away. But I tell you. Even though this is what I genuinely thought and am still inclined to think, that was one of the few buildings where they turned off all the lights in. And I would come up there, and it was dark around that area. And this is 
three, four in the morning, I'm coming around unlocking these buildings and I would look through and I would freak myself out every time it got so bad that, you know, my big, bad, bold self, I called the new kid. This kid's like 18 years old. I was in my early twenties when I was working out there and I had to call him over to make a special trip and basically hold my hand through the building because I scared the hell out of myself and I couldn't bring (laughs) myself to walk through it. You know, so I mean, even with this lame ghost story that you're just sitting there like, oh, okay, it's probably not real. It's kind of a footnote in any, any story you put in there. I'm scaring myself half to death with this stuff. The power of suggestion is so real. And I think that you go to, and I, I re- always remember that attitude and I see these guys go through these buildings now and you can see it, you know, of course, everybody has a YouTube channel and everything else, and you can see them freaking themselves out. And, Sometimes you can see the entertainment side to it. And well, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. They're, they're yeah. entertaining the audience and yes. getting those views in there. Yes. And so they're, Oh, did you hear those boys? Oh my God. And, you know, freaking out and, you know, playing it up. It's like, okay, cool. You do your thing. I'm not judging, you know, mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. You know, once again, we like to eat. That's how you're making a living. Do your thing, man. Mm-hmm. Um, But you can see sometimes these people that are, in these buildings, you know, their abandoned places, their old houses, wherever they are, and they start getting the wheels turning and they freak themselves oh, out. Yeah. And you can see it. And you can see how they just keep playing off of each other because one thought's going and it's okay for you to be freaking out. So I don't have to pretend to be the strong, the strong, stable one anymore. And so I can freak out a little bit and it just devolves into this giant mess. mess and like, I think mass that's psychosis. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I think that people, especially it, you have to be really careful when you're looking at this kind of stuff. If you're looking at it from a serious standpoint, I, I know after everything we said, <laughs> but if you're looking at it, like, I really want to, I go here and I want to document this phenomenon. Yeah. You know, I want to say, I heard a voice. I saw a spirit. I, I was touched. I was scratched, whatever it is. And I legitimately found this. I legitimately saw this. It can your experience or that experience you're trying to document and communicate to other people can very easily be buried in those experiences and then kind of get swept in the tide and you became you become the proverbial stick in the stream where it just yeah, it passes by and somebody may see it, but mostly they just see the flood of water and it gets lost along the way. So your stuff essentially gets buried. Yeah. And this goes with, like, the dark tourism that's on our topic list. Like, having people go to these places that are publicly known to be haunted and do capitalize on it, you want people to go in and have an experience and get hyped up and come out of it telling people. It adds credibility to to what you're touring people around Like, um... Oh, God, yeah. Like, Waverly Hills, you know? It's got history, but then it's got the hauntings with it. I know from being someone who has toured haunted prisons over in the past week, what we've done, Moundsville, uh, Waverly wasn't a prison, but uh, what was the other one? Sanitarium. Torium. The one in Ohio. We just had the guys Mansfield. Yes. Reformatory. Mansfield. Oh, God, your memory Uh, Oh, Eastern State Penitentiary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You do walk around these places, and those, to me, are probably the number one locations that have... Uh, I've gotten a little worked up in just because you get they're so spooky. 
Oh, sure. They're like, oh, you go down to solitary confinement or something. You just look at these jail cells, and usually they're never – ever the paint's peeling off, and everything's just – the atmosphere is spooky, and in those old hospitals. Not not so much like in maybe an old home for me or – like, I don't know. Like, if I went and stayed at the Lizzie Borden house, I'd be like, this is cute. Well, (laughs) but why – okay, so somebody says that to you right there, to John's point, right? So we're taking you down into this – this, you know, this – Close this shut down prison, and we're going to take you down into solitary confinement, and the lights will be off. Right. Right. You're getting well, get worked up. Well, no. Mm-hmm. Well, just thinking about that, thinking about, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound pleasant at all. No. Right. Especially if you're by yourself. But why? 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 What? What do you think could really hurt you in there? Nothing. Well, and that's a good question too, because, and I think that it goes back to these shows, I and mean, you go to. And well, let's it goes take back, a step not further. to cut you off, John, but it goes back to Hollywood in general. I was just about to say yeah, it goes go back ahead. to Hollywood because yeah. you see these movies like uh, 13 Ghosts, The Entity, I mean, just on and on and on, where you have these spiritual phenomena that actually do harm to a human being. They toss you around the room, they rip your face off, they disembowel yeah. I mean, all this gross stuff, right? And the so, Entity was a really, that, that thing, not, not to cut you, but you mentioned The Entity. That mm-hmm. movie still has me scarred to this day, as far as the book and the movie. Isn't that, that supposed to be based on a true story, yeah, that based one? On a true yeah, story. allegedly. And that thing still has scarred me to this day. And I know it's, well, I mean, it's based on a true story, but in general, I mean, for real, I mean, the movie, it's entertainment, right? I mean, that. Right. <laughs> but, sorry, I mean, I mean it, it, when you read the real account, it definitely differs, and it, the movie left a few things out that um, kind of make you go, yeah. really? Yeah, okay. Exactly. But it's entertainment. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But that just makes no, me you're happy. fine. That movie, you know, it's the same thing, kind of thing. You know, with uh, obviously the, the DeFeo murders, there was nothing funny about them because those were yeah. actually no, real. Right. But you know, with the whole thing with Amityville, I mean, when you watch the movie, I had a I had a college roommate, and I told him about the thing where the the dad sees the the pig apparition from outside Jody. in his daughter's room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I told him about that. And that whole thought just wigged him out, man. And I would bring it up. Yeah. It's like seeing a pig in a window. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. And it would wig him out. But I mean, and I think that, so you have those images, you have those thoughts. Then you have these shows because you can dismiss Hollywood as make believe. It's like, Nope, it's an actor. And you can, you can kind of zen your way into pushing that out. Mm-hmm. But then you see these shows it's like i got scratched i got touched i got this oh man that opens the door and it opens that door a crack where you can start freaking yourself out with it's like no what if they're wrong what if i'm the lucky number five that gets in there and gets ripped apart (laughs) hollywood doesn't lie it couldn't be and you go there and yeah it really does and you're going down to a dark unfamiliar place and i think that anyone who goes into a dark unfamiliar place besides maybe a plumber you know who does it all the time yeah you know, where they're down in these weird basements and stuff, and mm-hmm. they don't bat an eye at it because it's something they've all seen before. But for most of us that don't go to these places, you go into that, and it, it just lets your imagination run wild. And it automatically, the discomfort starts cranking up. Well, it's uncertainty. That's yes. That's what it is. I'm saying, I've always said uncertainty to a lot of people equals death. Uncertainty yeah. creates anxiety. Um, and that's where I think, even though we may we do know that that whatever horror movie or ghost movie we've watched um, is entertainment, I mean, 
I think for a lot of people, it's it's scarred people to a certain degree where we're programmed to respond that way. Another good example is sometimes in the middle of the night, I have to get up and have a bio break, right? <laughs> right. In the middle of my sleep. So I can't turn the lights on in the house like an idiot. It's, it's the middle of the night. So I grab my <laughs> cell phone, I grab my, my smartphone, and I just kind of put the screen on to give me some light to walk. And right. dare I say, this is my own house. I own the place. I know every inch of this joint, but I'm walking down the hallway and I and I wig myself out sometimes oh. and go, okay, there's all I have right now in front of me and I'm in nothing but my boxer shorts and all I have in front of me is this goofy smartphone and what if just some troglodyte no. whatever thing jumps out from the <laughs> hall from nowhere and rips me apart this and this is, is what it goes on okay. in my stupid brain. This is interesting you bring this up because I do the same thing and I think there is a scientific reason that I will just briefly be able to explain. <laughs> but when Let's I get up, it. when I get up to go to the bathroom at night, I walk, I always go, there's a bathroom right next to um, Scott's room. And then I always go down yeah. further down to a different bathroom. I like that bathroom. It's our weird little bathroom. It's yeah. painted like mm. neon green and orange and has masks all over it. But anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, That's scaring the hell out of me right now. With, we'll take pictures with, for you. With, <laughs> with, complete with a chalkboard painted on the wall. That I have affectionately sometimes called. Oh, God, come on, Amber. Let's move, it? It. Let's move it along it? here. Well, you can doodle. You can doodle. You can doodle. While you sit. Fine. While you sit. <laughs> I really wanted to say. The, the secrets of Ghostly Talks Bathroom Reveal. Just call. Just say can, it. Can I just tell people just, what I've named just, it? Just name it. The Poop and Play. The Poop and Play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. But here's the point of my story is I have to walk past a basement, set of basement stairs. Yeah. And. Sometimes I get up and I go, I look down those stairs and I'm like, Ugh. and then oh, I yeah. will go into the bathroom. And when I come back out, I've been known to turn the light on quick, look at the stairs and like turn the light off and get past them. I don't know why, because yeah. that's so <laughs> weird. But here is something I heard. I was always more spooked out going to the bus, like in the morning when I was younger, having to get on a bus stop at like 730 in the morning. I was really, really wigged out walking through because I was on a dark road next to woods. I was mm -hmm. convinced there was like something in the woods, something in the sky. And mm -hmm. I'd get finally around a corner where there was more houses and then I'd feel okay. But I was never comfortable. And I read something many, many years later because at night I'd be taking the same route home, feel totally fine. Not even, doesn't even bother me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People are more scared when they wake up. And in the morning, like there was something with like your brain and I, I don't know. You're but still, You're still trying to pull it together. Maybe you're, you're, you're and, vulnerable and with the morning and then us just getting up hmm. suddenly. I, but there, I'd have to look it up more. Uh, but I because, yeah, I, I can wander around in our backyard at night. I'm not spooked out. And then, yeah, you get up to pee and you're like, oh, something's on the stairway. It's going to kill me. Uh, it's that's hmm. weird that you just said that, that something's going to jump out while you go pee. <laughs> actually, yeah, actually, that makes a lot of sense, hmm. you know, and. You know, it's like what I was saying, you're wandering around those places and yeah. you're half asleep. You know, it's that kind of same mindset, you know, in between. So, yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense in a lot of ways. It's interesting. The, when we were with this dark tourism, too, we're talking about ghosts. But I don't know if you remember around hmm. when was the show? 2000. I wrote it down. 2018 on Netflix. There was yes. a show called Dark Tourist by uh, journalist David Ferrier, who it was a really good show. I think they did like eight episodes or yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to bring it back. Maybe it was just a one one time thing. But they went to places like Fukushima, people that want yeah. to go 
experience like the radiation zones where you still have to wear well, like still tour- they, they they have tourism in chernobyl so, too and just like ghost yeah, i was hunting. gonna say didn't they go to chernobyl in there too Did they, they go to chernobyl? i don't i don't know i know fukushima they might have done chernobyl but okay I, this yeah. is what's weird to me because you go on these ghost hunting tours and they give you a little k2 meter a little temperature gadget you go to fukushima tour and they're like here yeah, here's, a, <laughs> here's a geiger here's counter a, yeah here's, <laughs> here's a radiation meter. have fun and and when you're watching david go around this, see how high you can get it yeah and it was getting you get the high. prize. Is your hair falling out? Hair you got the prize. You win. That is spooky. <laughs> and then the other place he went to in Japan was the suicide forest. Oh yeah. That, that, what's the name oh. of that? For, you know, I, we I, we could probably look uh, it up. I, I can it starts with an A. I can I look can't. it up. It like oh, I, the stories that you hear, like people will go in there, and I think it is considered sort of disrespectful to go just walk around in that area, even. I've, there's so many. Okay, I'm going to totally slaughter this. Oh, try. Go for it. Akigara. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Akigara. I think that's how you pronounce it. Akigara is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Known as the Sea of Trees is a force. Yeah. And that's the first thing that popped up. I'm pretty sure that's the, that that is, that's the correct one. Yeah. Yeah. What? That, that place is so weird on so many levels. And I think that, I mean, it's a place where people feel that so many people go in, go into, end their lives yeah. and there's so many stories about people going in and find i mean they have people that professionals uh they're like counselors and they'll go in i saw one show on it where they this guy went into the forest and he's with the camera crew and he was explaining things that you would find you would find campsites with nobody there and it's like well yeah they abandoned it or whatever and they found one guy and he was still in his tent and the guy tried talking to him and he's like, well, if they're not ready to talk to you, then, you know, there's nothing you can do. And so they wandered away and the whole thing was very respectful. And he said, yeah, we'll probably find him dead at some point. But I mean, they talk about people. I mean, there's so many strange things. And I, you know, I think some places that I think that, you know, you can have your imagination go in, you know, especially the deep woods, you know, you can, it's the same kind of thing as going cause it's unknown. It's yeah. a weird place. Most of us don't live in like the, like the Pacific Northwest kind of deep woods mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a real easy place to kind of lose your bearings. And, you know, you feel like you're in a, a totally different world, but I think places like the suicide forest, you have all these people that have legitimately ended their lives there. And I think that sometimes, uh, a friend of mine, uh, the first time I ever heard this, we were, uh, it was actually campus security and a friend of mine and I, uh, there used to be this one house. Uh, it was a house on campus originally like the caretaker's house and they had converted it into, uh, it was p- at least partially a battered woman shelter. And I remember going in there one night and they actually was, we're housing someone upstairs and the guy comes out he was like a, I don't know if he was a professor or what he was, but there was a young lady in there with him and young now to me. Now she was older than she was probably maybe in her thirties. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, she was kind of standing behind him and he's calling out, can I help you? And of course we're in uniform and everything. No, we're just security doing a wellness, you know, just kind of going through and checking the building and they were cool. But, uh, I always felt uncomfortable in that building and I could never explain it. I mean, there were no ghost stories or anything like that, but I always felt uncomfortable. And a friend of mine, he said, you know, it's because you have all these women in there and they've been battered and abused. And at that time of their lives, they're angry at men. And that energy kind of gets into the house and it's still there, that anger. 
And I'd never thought of anything that way before. And I think places, I think in some ways there's a lot of credence to that. I don't know how it works. I'm not going to pretend to know, but I think that there is something like that in the, in the world, in the universe, if you want to say. And I think the suicide forest where so many people and all those feelings and all those thoughts, whether it's paranormal or not, it kind of gets into the gets into the ground gets into the air yeah and I, think it, it's, I think it's really super I, I think it's still something that along the lines maybe of supernatural but in a different sense that i mean it isn't it isn't mm. it isn't like some ghost coming out or it isn't a ghost story um and i'm right. I, I didn't mean to cut you off john but no I just, you're I fine go 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 this. you know but I, as you're as you're talking about these ideas in places like like this battered battered woman shelter right well i mean you could take an obvious you know, you could take an obvious example Gettysburg which I love to use because it's an easy oh, example yeah. to explain to people right you go to Gettysburg and as, as we know it's a tourist town right oh god every yeah. every 5 feet you walk there's a there's a plaque there commemorating something that happened but right. it does make you think about what happened there and when you think about what happened there you're like oh my god like people were dying <laughs> right yeah. where I'm standing right now there was somebody just getting blown up yeah. You know, mass death. This wasn't surgical war either. It was a battery. It was it was brutal war at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes you think about things, you know, like, wow, that's what makes it heavy. That's where you get that feeling, I think, from. Because something did right. happen there. It's documented. I, I ride my neighborhood all the time on my bicycle. And a dear friend of mine, his father died in, in, in their house that they lived in. They've since, mm. you know, moved, they've moved out of there. Uh, but my buddy's dad died in the bathroom of this house. I remember this, right? And just the mm-hmm. other, it made me think about this because I was just riding along and I rode, I ride by this house, you know, when I'm when the weather's conducive to it, not anymore. But, um, you know, three or four times a week I ride by there. But I haven't thought about it in a lot of years. Um, and just the other day I rode by there and I looked at the house. And I'm like, and I, I see the window to the bathroom, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like, man. That's where Mr. Kirikopoulos, well, it's Pete. <laughs> Everybody knows Pete. We love him. That's where Mr. Kirikopoulos passed away, you know? Uh, and it made me think about that. And it kind of just gave me that, like, there's Pete, There's a whole new set of people that live there now, right? They probably right. have no idea of what happened. Yeah. They probably sure. have no idea of what happened there, right? Hopefully he's not haunting it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's, another, that's another story, actually, but uh, that's for Oh, wow. Time. Well, you know what? what, what, what wait, kind of, wait, there's a ghost story about Pete's dad? There actually is. What? And, uh, well, I hate to Oh, take, I got to hear this I hate now. to take the floor away from you, John. This I is someone No, take it. You Scott's by the way, if no one knows, Pete's like one of Scott's longest yeah, friends. Yeah, he's one of my dearest friends. Um And his dad passed away when he was quite young. Yeah, that was uh, well, that mm. was uh, 1987. Yeah, 87. Oh, wow. Um so I'll keep the story brief, but yeah, it's one of the things that kind of got me into this stuff to be honest huh. with you. Mm-hmm. Because um when Pete's father passed away, uh, the, I was asked, is, you know, of course, the family um, had to go and, you know, go to the take care of the, the business, the funeral business and stuff like that. And as we know, at least here in Michigan, I'm sure this is a nationwide thing, you know, people who just have no soul will find will read obituaries. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, and God, yeah. They'll, they'll know a house is empty or people are out and about and they'll rob a house. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is something. So That's horrible. Typically what happens, you know, at least, and I've, I've done this for friends and family also, uh, when something like this happens, that's why you have a lot of people coming over to keep an eye on you and keep an eye on things and bring food and whatnot. But this night, like, hey, Scott, could you do us a favor and just watch the house? You know, can you just babysit the house? Why they asked a 14-year-old kid to do that, I have no idea. But all right, fine. <laughs> Were you alone doing it? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, wow! Of course I was. Where was that Pete? Like why Pete was, was Pete? with Pete was with his stepmom, and they were they were taking care of business. Okay. So, and was this daytime or night? This was in the early evening. It was getting okay. dark. So, what happened was, I was I remember watching TV, and I mean I spent a lot of time at the at this house. Let's just point that out. This is my best friend. Still is one of my best friends. Mm. Uh, so we hung out a lot. So I knew, I you know I could, like when you live in a house, like my house here, our house, I know every sound around here. If I hear something that's off, I know there's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a lot of time at this house also, spent a lot of, spent the, the night there a lot. So kind of knew how this house ran. So I was laying on the couch, just watching a TV show. And I literally heard what was walking down the hallway. No. I, I heard walking down the hallway. <laughs> nope. And then, and then We're I, done. I heard walking down the hallway that was going back to the bathroom that Mr. Kirikopoulos passed away. Oh. Sorry, I shouldn't mean Mr. K, let's say. I mean, Kirikopoulos is a pretty common name. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so, um, you blend. It's good. Yeah, Pete's been on this show before. He's a dear He's friend. Fine. Um, so I, you know, it, I heard the, sta- the, the steps going, like somebody walking. And I know what the sound, the, the hallway sounds when you're walking down in that house. Right. Like most houses, it's not hard to pick up. And the, and the, the footsteps went back to the bathroom huh. in question. And then I heard the water come on. No. Like one of those things come on. I am dead serious about you're this. Not, I don't, why do you not ever remember? I've known you for how long? A few years. A few? A couple <laughs> years. I've had to have told you. I this. do not remember this I story. I have told you about this. Continue. You drink Carry, too on. Much. <laughs> Carry on. Carry <laughs> on. So, so anyway, yeah, I heard I heard the water go on, and that's of course I'm like, "Hey, what's going on? Hey guys, you here?" No answer. Hey, hey, where's everybody at? Because I just assumed people came home, and I was kind of zoning out on the couch watching TV, and I didn't hear them come in, and right. So we just coming to use the restroom, right? Um, hey guys, what's going on? So you know, I call out a few times and no answer. Did you walk to the bathroom? I looked down the hallway and I didn't, you know, I mean, I'm cause I, the assumption was if you go in the bathroom, you're going to turn the light on. Right. There was no light on and I heard nothing. So I kept yelling down the hallway. Hey. And the whole time, are you continuing to hear water running? No, the water went on for about maybe 10 oh. or 12 seconds and then went off. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, and I know boy. the damn saying again. This is just me. This my. It's just an experience I had. So I kept calling out, looking down the hallway, and I won't lie. I was starting to get a little like my. my I could feel it in my gut, and my heart was starting to race a little bit. I was like, "What? What's going on here?" So I thought. Oh, somebody, yeah. I thought. I thought honestly that my first impulse was somebody was robbing the house. Right. Like somebody snuck in a window or something like that, and they were robbing the house. But then did you start to sense something else? Yeah, like, I did. I did, and I got the hell out of there. So you yeah. Just ran? I ran. Well, yeah, I ran just full speed. Just <laughs> ran all the way home, screaming my head off. I went outside. Huh. I went outside, and just around that time, I was kind of outside, and I, you know, Pete and his stepmom showed up. Okay. And I said, "Hey, you know," and I explained to them what's going on. They're like, <laughs> "I'm like, well, I, you go in there then." Oh, they like yeah, laughed. no kidding. Well, yeah, because well, there was other shit to deal with at the time. Yeah, sure. You know, well, yeah, other things on their mind, I, and maybe it was a little levity. But um, but yeah, like they went in there and they're like, yeah, there's no one here. So did Pete or any of them ever have an experience like that? Did anyone ever admit to it? No, I mean Pete and I talked about it, and I he'd admit it. Yeah, no, and Pete and I did. Pete, Pete and I have discussed it, uh, hand, you know, several times over the hmm. years, and he believes me. Oh yeah, he believes me 100. percent. Right. Yeah, you, know, you don't I'm, exaggerate. No, no. So like, I'm sorry, I got I'm 
took over the show here. I totally used. You're fine. Uh, but yeah, that was an interesting one. But you know, the, but it goes back to what I was saying. The whole point of this, though, John, is just the, you know this idea of power of a building and a power of you know. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at that or an event. You know, I mean, I just th- I have these goofy. Th- well, and, and that's what it is. It's yeah. an event that happened. Yeah. Something that happened. Right. right. And I think about that. Like I could just walk up to that front door right now and go and just knock. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, can we help you? You know, someone died in your bathroom, uh. right? <laughs> You know, which is very, you know, and I mean, I don't mean any disrespect. And it's just like a nine-year-old right. boy and you walk away. Yeah, and just walk away. <laughs> no kidding. So I have, these, nice I have these horrible thoughts. But at the same time, I look at that, I look at that house and go, man, something really heavy went down there. Something really yeah. heavy went down there. And I mean, that isn't the only house. I, you know, we've had conversations about the place we live here that we think somebody may have died in this house. We can't, we have no way of really, we can't really find anything, but there's sure. just something saying that something... Uh, the old condo that we used to, that I used to live in, Amber, you, we had that conversation, too, that there was talk about somebody who died in that condo, possibly, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, just things like that, that puts the heaviness. If somebody, if you, let's say you buy a house, and that does happen, you know, and so you buy the house, and now it's like a Stephen King movie, like, oh, I don't, don't want to move in now. Oh, you don't, don't want to move in now. You don't want to go down that street now. I mean, <laughs> I mean right. you'll have somebody say, like, well, somebody died in that house, by the way. Well, I already signed the paperwork for this thing. What the heck, you know? Well, I think yeah, no kidding. I know it doesn't. It just, but in serious, it, it really does. I think it does make it, Dif- it lays that level of heaviness. Different out. states. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Different states have different rules, though. When you're selling a house, like you have to disclose that a murder happened, and some states even say if there are like haunted shenanigans rumored in a house, they have to, they have disclose, to disclose that as well. Yeah. Right. Which I find fascinating that there are certain stipulations in something like selling a house where you have to be like, I don't care what you believe or don't believe or whatever your religion is, <laughs> but by the way, they say this place is haunted, okay? Like, that's sign right here. Like, it's because it's something that can't even be proven, but you have to still bring it up in yeah. something could, such as a, you know, massive purchase yeah. as a house. Right. Sorry, what was that, John? Could, could you imagine being the realtor <laughs> and you know what happened there? It's yeah. like this horrible murder and there was blood on the walls and satanic like, scribbles all over oh. and you're sitting there and you're talking you're selling this place yeah. and you're talking to this young couple and you can tell they're driving like a like a bmw and they're dressed to the nines and they're digging this place and you're just thinking i got this in the bag i can i'm counting my commission yep. and then you remember you have to divulge <laughs> this and just seeing that look on their face as it just all slips away i think it's a deal breaker for some people uh, for some but someone just bought the Amityville oh, house. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I got one for you guys. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's probably about 10 miles away from where I live. Uh, and it's along a fairly major highway. Major for us. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's this single story house. And about, oh my God, I don't know, about uh, five, 10 years ago, I think it was, uh, this it was a couple and their son that lived in the house. He was a teenager. I think he was late teens, like 17, 18. And he apparently had some serious mental issues. And first his dad was, uh, was a nurse of some kind. And I don't remember what the mom did, but, uh, something happened and the son decided to kill the mom and not, cleanly either i mean it was like one of the one of the stories you read about him it was like uh bludgeoned stabbed strangled and then like kicked her down the stairs and then he 
kind of half-assed tried to wrap her up in a oh, rug and then decided he got tired or something yeah. and stopped and left her there. Oh, gross. Then the dad came home and gave him the same, the son gave the dad the same treatment. So instead of trying to get rid of the bodies or trying to do anything, uh, he just lived there in the house with him for uh, anywhere, maybe upwards of a week. I don't oh, remember. Oh, God. And so they go through this whole thing and the cops came out. I think they were because they hadn't seen anybody and they knock on the door and, you know, the kid comes out and he's covered in blood and the cops are, you know, okay, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And they found this whole thing. So that's what happened. And the house sat there and it was empty for a while. And I drive past this place all the time going to where I work and I look at it and maybe about, I don't know, three or four years ago, somebody quietly moved into that place and they're living there apparently very comfortably. And I got to admit, as weird a guy as I am and some of the things I know about places, I mean, the the horrible things that have taken place there, I'm really not sure if I could take that. I think it would bother me. It would bother me. I think. Uh, yeah, it would have to depend on the severity. I'm, knowing. I, I'm yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's one thing knowing that, oh, well, you know, this this poor, unfortunate, you know, the old lady that lived here, you know, she passed away exactly. in the bedroom yeah. and it's over here. You know, you can kind of make your peace with that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this is where the, you know, every time I go down to the basement stairs to do a load of laundry, yep, this is where she sat rotting for three days. It's like, nope, yeah. I'm done. That's Put the this difference. on the market. Yep. That's the difference for me. It's it's one thing when people just pass away because they that's people tend to do that mm -hmm. in their house. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's another if they've been brutally butchered and, yeah, definitely even left to rot. Like, yeah, I, I mean, no, it's no, you know, going back to the battered women's shelter you were talking about, though, John. Mm -hmm. And I think that's there's a lot of places like that, you know. Yeah. And and let's and these are living people. These are these are people that are very much alive. They've been abused, right? They've been put through right. trauma. Um, and there's a lot of places I know I've been to where I've experienced that same feeling, where I've been somewhere, and you know, it it could just be a bad household. You could walk into a bad household where there's a lot of trauma being committed on people in a household. I've been to places like that. It's like, I got to get out of right. here, man. There's something wrong going on here. I don't when like When you this. were house hunting yeah. and I was going with you a few times, I would just walk into some places and you were like, no, no. Like you just, the energy was horrible. Was, and then you'd walk into another house and you'd be like, okay. Like, mm -hmm. and it's just, both they're all empty homes. It was but usually, just, it was usually mm -hmm. the overwhelming smell of cat pee that I was like, no, no, I'm not going to be taking this on. <laughs> not going to happen. No. Deal breaker. We're Deal done. Deal breaker. We're out. But, There's not enough Lysol in the world. No, but you're, you are right about that. There were a few places I walked into, and I'm like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. There's something. There's right. Just, it, there's a lot of sadness here. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you can see that, with especially with houses. I mean, yeah. I, I think, we, and Amber and I, we talk about this often. I'm sure you, I know you experience this, John. You know, there's houses you walk into, people you know, people you may know sort of, maybe a place you have to go to just to drop something off to somebody, you know, weird mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I can usually pick up pretty quick, like, okay, is this a, a, a healthy place, a happy place that people are living in, or is it just kind of a, a black hole <laughs> these people right. are living in? Oh, yeah. In, you know, and that's just, again, it's not anything you can, well, I mean, abuse and trauma are pretty superficial, I think. But the, I think it's the lasting impressions we're talking about here. It's just, yeah, right. even whether people have lived through this or they may have perished, it happened. 
And if you know it happened, that's where it puts the, I think, puts the hook in you to the, you know, to, to this whole conversation, you know. I think right. that's what we were, what we've been talking about too, is also sometimes how allegedly haunted objects are created. Just something like, let's say there's a doll, uh, some object, a necklace or something, and someone has just sadness in them and they clutch this doll or they wear right. this necklace or ring all the time while going through a really abusive phase in their life. And then that energy is somehow embedded in that material. Um, you think about the stone tape theory that quartz sure. and different things can absorb, you know, paranormal phenomena, ghosts well, yeah. and all that, you know, and replay right. it somehow. I mean, it- I yeah, just, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, yeah. kind of the borderline, not paranormal as we generally think about it, like it's possessed by the spirit or whatever. Yeah, but let, let's say there's a, a vase or a picture inside of a room where someone, you know, a guy brutally murdered his wife and had a huge argument before and it, you know, ended, you know, absolutely horrifically. Yeah. But it was in that room. And what if those emotions released during that time? I mean, during the argument itself, during the, you know, subsequent crime. If those emotions, you know, and exactly like you said, stone tape theory, mm-hmm. and it gets in one of the objects of that room, you know, it kind of makes sense in a lot of ways where it just kind of absorbs it and then, you know, emits it for almost like being irradiated or something yeah. or died, you know, D-Y-E-D, not, okay, I misspelled that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right? So I think irradiate is a great way to put that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, mean, I think irradiated. it's really kind of, I mean, it makes you wonder. I think it's right along the same terms as what you guys were saying. Uh-huh. No, and, yeah. It's... And if you are someone, what do they call that? Psychometry, when you touch something mm-hmm. and you get, you sense things from it. Mm-hmm. I think oh, there's, yeah. just like anything out there, there's people that are more clairvoyant than other people, clairaudient, whatever. Right. I think there's people that can pick up objects and just start, you know, getting vibes. Um, right. And I just, I don't know. That's that's why some people will go like, oh, I never, I'll never collect antiques. It's too spooky. And our house, <laughs> our house is full of old stuff. Yeah, and it oh, just, God, yeah. it doesn't bug me. I don't pick up objects and get like the heebie-jeebies from things. So I don't think I'm psychomically psychomically. I can't. I can't do that. One more time. I was trying to see if I could make it into a different word. I don't think that word exists. But I don't think I'm I'm capable of doing that. Right. I'm 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 a good uh. Good candidate for antique collecting. <laughs> My, uh, you know, there was this, you know, the, I, I guess what I'm supposed to be talking about tonight, there was, uh, <laughs> it, it made me think of this. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things I did, and it's it's a seasonal thing, but I, I go around and I go into these allegedly haunted mansions around the area I live in. And the one place, uh, the first year I did this, there was a place called the Renwick Mansion. It was built by a guy named William Renwick. He was a mm. local lumber baron. It was built in 1877. It's a cool Italianate mansion. It's, you know, it looks like right out of Scooby-Doo. The place looks like it should be haunted. And allegedly it is. Okay. So I, I'm given this big presentation, inter, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, at this thing. And my wife is, so the way they have it set up, is that it's you walk in the big front doors and there's this long hallway there and on the right hand side it was a double parlor and these are big rooms 14 15 foot high ceilings and there's tons of room in there and so they turned it into uh first it was not a bed and breakfast but a wedding venue and then they decided to have like it as a entertainment venue they have comedians there every tuesday all this other stuff so you know silly me i'm hawking this silly book called eerie quad cities and they decided (laughs) go for broke and throw it in there and Mm -hmm. Hey, can I do a book signing presentation here? Because, uh, 
you know, I didn't figure I had anything to lose. And so I got up there and we, for that. And it sounds like a really cool place for that though. It really was. It really was. So the thing is, is that I get this presentation. I'm talking about this story and getting back to the point I'm trying to make. Um, (laughs) We've been in the weeds weeds for the last 45 minutes. We started (laughs) in the weeds. It's fine. It's all good. They're a good place to be. We're having fun. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that there was no history to this place. There was no crime. There was no, uh, there was nothing. It was just, it was a house. They lived there. It was bought by the all girls school next door. And it was turned into an old folks home at one time. And there's no stories of abuse or horrificness or anything. It was just, yeah, this is a pretty plain chain history. There's nothing to it. So, but allegedly all these hauntings happen there. So I'm on the right-hand side. And there's people all in there. And I was there with my wife and uh, two of my daughters. And my wife is on the other side of this hallway that I mentioned. And she's sitting. It it was a sitting room. And she's there. And she's trying to make something work on on my laptop. Mm -hmm. And while she was messing with that, I'm obviously giving the presentation. And my daughters had gone to do the present to watch me. Mm-hmm. And it's right across the hallway. You know, she's kind of tuning me out as she normally does. And <laughs> there's this piano behind her and she's working and it's all hardwood floors in this place mm-hmm. and she's working and it's quiet except for me droning on in the next room. <laughs> and she hears the bench, the piano bench slide across the floor, that wooden leg on wooden floor mm-hmm. sound. And she turns around. She's thinking it's my daughter screwing around. And, you know, her first thought is, oh, my God, they're breaking expensive stuff. And she turns around and tells, guys, knock it off. Your dad's giving a presentation. And there's no one there. She's Mm. the only one in the room. And I get done with my whole lecture. And I come over. She's like, you're not going to believe this. (laughs) Like, what? I had something happen. You did not. (laughs) Was that her first experience with something weird? Uh, I think it's one of her first experiences. Ah. It's definitely one of the first experiences she had with me, uh-huh, cool. uh, you know, since I started kind of getting into this stuff. But, uh, you know, the point I wanted to make is you go into this house, it feels the house feels clear. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it feels completely, it feels like a house. It feels like a venue. You don't get a weird feeling there. Yeah. There was no weird history to it. And yet there's stuff that, happens there i mean my wife had something happen uh the people you know they have caught things on videotape that are just bizarre and there was some stuff that he could he's a pretty you know he's a really good guy but he's a natural skeptic and he always tries to figure out what the deal is but there's some stuff he's just got no explanation for so i mean it's weird how these things happen i mean sometimes you walk in and you know you have that feeling like we've been discussing and you expect things to happen. You expect, yep, this is a weird place. It's just got bad vibes for whatever reason. I don't like it. And there's some places and you know, and in places like that, if something happens, you almost expect it. Like, oh, yeah, I was kind of waiting for it. Mm-hmm. The other shoe to drop kind of feeling. And then there's places like this, like this Renwick mansion where you go in. It's like, oh, it's just a nice venue. And look at the pretty thing. And then you got benches sliding across the floor by themselves. It's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> You know, you can't, it's really weird how this stuff happens Mm. and it's how it's hard to understand how you really, it's hard to pigeonhole it. 
It really, you know, is I mean, it's weird. like it's not a one size fits all thing. It's really bizarre. Well, it's energy. You, well, you I wonder. Well, when it goes to energy, yeah. you wonder if, especially with how we love to say something that's old, you know, just has to come with a ghost. It has to be old, right? Uh, or you know, has to be haunted because it's old. And you gotta wonder about the bioaccumulation of energy over the years. If that somehow well, yeah, that's what, creates that, that's right. perfectly right, logical right. when you and, put and, it, in and that, it when might you not even it like that. when it might not even have you don't, might not even have to be negative energy. It's just this accumulation that somehow can affect our physical world in a weird way. Uh, right. It just makes you wonder on that kind of stuff. And I think that is, when we talk about this kind of stuff on the show, I think that is the true future of the paranormal. If we ever right. want to get to the origin of explaining any of this stuff through some kind of repeatable way or air quote scientific, scientific way, uh, you know, it probably <laughs> is going to be through – Energy science, consciousness, um, th- those kind of arenas that's going to open the doors of all this stuff that we've been always just chalking up to. Well, when you die, you turn into a ghost and you haunt people. But and even, you wear a sheet. even that, right. and, and John just said that a second ago, this isn't a one size fits all right. thing. And if you're applying that to the energy side of things, I don't, I mean, I, I, I agree with you, Amber. I think that could be the future. But I don't know if it would prove anything, though. It could be the future of how people study this stuff. Yeah. Right. But it it may not be the future of how we come to answer some questions about this stuff. I don't think, frankly, and I hate for those of you who do, well, the few of you that do listen to this show, I'll say it. I don't know if we're ever going to really come with to any answers. I want to go. It sounds so pessimistic, (laughs) but I mean. But what I want to go right now to a million years in the future. And then you get to ask a couple questions to someone there. You're like, there's just some guy floating. Like in Bill and Ted's, <laughs> when they go to the future and they're just kind of in floating there. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we're just going to go go to those people <laughs> and we're going to ask them, so what are ghosts? We're still arguing about it on Twitter. And then, yeah. And, <laughs> and they're um, going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're just going to laugh. Like, I just feel like it, oh, that, everything yeah. gets figured out to some degree. Or at least, well, I, mean, I, I don't know. Well, and, and, that's a, and yeah. it might have nothing to do with death. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I mean, it might have something, but not as, as yeah. we interpret it. But, John, I mean, you, I mean, I agree with you on this, too. You said, yeah, you, you believe, well, you've experienced things. We've experienced things, right? Right. I believe there's something going on out there, but I can't put my finger on it. I can't quantify it. I can't give, you, give it a real name. We can call it a ghost or a spirit or whatever we want to, um, but that, that's where I'm at. And I right. And when I say what I said a second ago, that's how I'm framing it. Is just that, like I believe, and I think a lot of people do believe things are happening out there that we can't explain. Will we be able to explain it in a hundred years? Maybe two hundred years? I, I don't, I'm not sure if we we will be able to. It'll be right. speculation. I think that's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I don't. You know, know it, it it ties right into it. So. After I was done with that, you know, we had the experience, and then I did the book signing after, and you know, yeah. a lot of people, yeah, I, I had some serious medical problems. That's what I went through last year. Were serious medical problems. Ooh, it was loads of fun, fun. and uh, so I, I couldn't really walk, and I couldn't go up the stairs and take a tour of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I set this thing up, and I can't even go. But uh, it all worked out, and everybody had a good time, and that was the important thing. And so I sit down. And I'm with my wife and everybody starts coming back through and they, you know, they want to buy books and they want to talk to me and they want to do whatever. And there were a lot of very, very nice people there. And yet you still had the people, I think the majority of people came through and they were pretty open-minded, you know, kind of like we are now. It's like, well, you know, they might have 
you know, allegedly stuff happens here. You know, I don't know. I didn't see anything, but you know, maybe I'm not the right circumstances. Yeah. Whatever. And then there were a couple people that came through this place ain't haunted. Really? (laughs) Not at all. This house is completely clear. My daughter's a sensitive. I would know. She lives in a haunted house. You know, this, you know, this house, uh, Uh. no. Do you know this street? I think so. Are are we on the same page here? It's not haunted. Oh, Uh, okay. That house is haunted. This house is not. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm doing here. But yeah, I mean, it was, we had a few of those come through and it was just Mm. really like, and I'm trying to be nice and I don't know what to say. It's like, oh, okay. But I think you get, you get that in these different things. And there were some, Look, the amazing Randy, you could beat him over the head with oh, a ghost sure. and he's not going to believe no. it. No, yeah. No matter what, he is just not going to believe. Mm. And there are some people that you could show them absolutely everything and how you faked phenomenon in a house or yep. wherever and they're going to believe no, yep. it was really the spirits of the great beyond. Yep. You know, no matter what. And it's I think that starts tying into uh, another aspect with these places is that the belief factor of the people, some, I think the majority of them, and it's always the extremes that seem to get the most press, you know, it's either the completely not at all or the P or they're either all in or all out. And the majority of people are just going, well, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of cool. You know, I'm kind of hoping to experience something and, but you don't hear them. That doesn't make good headlines. That doesn't make an interesting conversation all the time. It, you know, it's the real believers. Yeah, I absolutely saw this. You know, it's okay, guys. So I think that's that's a big factor in some of these places too. Especially the, like we mentioned, uh, Mansfield yeah. and uh, Waverly Hills yeah. and Villisca. These, you know, kind of high ticket items, item places where people. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like they go there and they almost demand to have an experience. Well, I have a question about that also because so you have a place that's older. I mean, an old prison, uh, you know, that's pretty wild. And then you have stories mm-hmm. and that attracts people and they want to come there and see this place and possibly have an experience of their own. Right. And you have people that keep coming there and leaving their impressions on this building for decades. I call it charging the environment. Mm-hmm. To a, to a, that's kind of an idea I've had because yeah. I think people, you know, poltergeist phenomena, for example. I mean, just just big words like that. Um, you know, people can <laughs> people can charge people can charge environments like that, right? Oh yeah, and cause phenomena. So could it be that yeah, maybe you do have some energies floating around that building, whatever building it is, but then people come there. Aren't we know with this this uh, this uncertainty this this anxiety we were talking about a little bit ago, and they charge the environment, and maybe they're and I've we've I think we've all heard of these these theories before that sometimes people just caught they create their own ghosts. Oh yeah, and I, I, I oh yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying that in the, in the in the context of they're seeing things. Sometimes that could be the case. So you were saying that a few minutes ago, John, about people just kind of pumping each other up, mass psychosis, right? Right. Where, yeah, do you see that? It's right there, man. Oh, crap, you're right. Oh, my God. And then you got 50 people freaking out. Um, I'm talking about people that, yeah, they may legitimately be seeing something. 
Well, and they, but it may be from their energy that's yeah. causing it. And, but, right. And, but that's where you come into terms like Agrigor and Tulpa and then like the things like the Philip experiment where these people thought right. a ghost into existence. So if you were to, let's say we buy Big Bob's Haunted Ranch. This is me. And, this is, <laughs> I this like is, that. This place. is Scott's. This is Scott and I's dream. There need to be rides there. <laughs> Come well, on down. Well, Come on down to Big Bob's Haunted Ranch. <laughs> this is our retirement dream. So we're we're running this, okay? And then we decide, we sit down and we get in the cahoots and we go, well, we, we got to come up with a ghost. So it's going to be the ghost of, of Big Bob. And so we're going to be I'm in Big the- Bob and I'm a ghost. <laughs> so, okay, that's his voice. So you're going to bring everybody to like a weird barn. On the property. Right. And yeah. then you're going to be like, this is the last place that everyone saw Big Bob before he hung himself from the rafters there. And now he goes by girls and touches their skirts and maybe your bottom. And then he'll come by why, men why? and he'll, like, you just get this whole story, right? Why, why you got to turn Big Bob into a perv? He's going to be a little bit of a perv. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of guy ghosts <laughs> out there that sometimes are a little pervy. There's one in my hometown that's a little pervy. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to make them that. So you build up this story. And then next thing you know, everyone goes there. They hear these stories. They've been told what the stories are because we've told them what happens. And then. I think I'll wear my skirt today. And then one day, maybe (laughs) you do get it on film and you see this woman's skirt move. Like, and you're like, whoa, how how did that do that? Or you see the scratch show up on the guy's forehead where we say scratches show up. Yeah. Whoa, how did that happen? Because did you, did everyone with their power of suggestion Think they this thing? Manifest this they thing, thought manifest. Big Bob right. into yeah. exist, Big Haunted Bob into existence. Big, well, Big Haunted Bob. Wait, now. what did I call it already? I Big lost Bob's it. Haunted Bob. Ranch. Okay, well they, well yeah, there we go. I'm Big Haunted Bob. I need a T-shirt. I gotta write that. Down. Big B H B. Oh God. Yeah, but as soon as you mention Big Bob, everybody's gonna want to know. And who's Big Bob? Who's Big Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Haunted Bob's Haunted Ranch. Or big, now you got me up screwing it up big now, Bob's too. Big Bob's Haunted Ranch. Big Bob's Haunted Ranch. You got to like, make a logo and everything. Like, yeah. like, a big, like, like an old school McDonald's sign. Yeah, I can see that. Like something like that. Right? I like it. No, but, but I love it. <laughs> but it makes you wonder. Yeah, all the joking aside, it, it's true. With right. a lot of these no, haunted retra- attractions. No, it is absolutely true. Yeah. It's, yeah. And we do know like with things like the... Uh, um, the Axe Murder House, Lizzie Borden. Yeah. Um, we do mm-hmm. know that there's real gruesome history, but then like right. there's these sweet little bed and breakfasts that everyone likes to own and pass off as haunted too. Like, right? Like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't. Know. You know, well, it's it's one part. Okay, so when I, I've been to Velisca several times, uh, my dad's family is originally from Southwest Iowa, and so I've been down there for many a boring family history trip. <laughs> And Southwest Iowa in, have you guys ever been to Aliska? I've no, no. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the horrific secret of Aliska outside of the ax murder house. Um, it's a small, small town and Southwest Iowa is Adams County, which is one County over, uh, Villisca's in Montgomery County, uh, Adams County where my family's from. It's the lowest populous county in the entire state as a whole. Oh, wow. Everyone in the county, a little over 3,000 people. To say it's rural is an understatement. Wow. They are very nice people. I am extremely fond of them down there. I love going down. I uh, absolutely love the area down there, but it is very rural. There's not a lot of major draws down there. You got to go about an hour to the nearest major city. Wow. And that's Council Bluffs, Omaha. Okay. And 
it's another like two, two, three hours over to Velisca or to Des Moines, which I mean, there's just not much down there. And it's just one of those places in the world where there's just not much around. And so when my dad and I started going down there, it was when the original owner, Darwin Lynn, was still alive. Uh, my dad met him. I did not. Uh, we The first time we ever went down there, uh, he used to have a museum on the town square. And you would go in. And we went to the museum first, and it was closed. And there was a, a handwritten sign on the door saying, we're down at the house. Come see us. Oh, okay. So, you know, you're like, you know, two minutes later, you're on the edge of town where the Velisca X murder house is at. And we got out and there's nobody around. And the way they have it set up, you have the house and then you have the barn, which is uh, fairly original to the property is an old barn, smaller, but old. And in, that's where they keep their office and everything. So you go into the barn first to make your payments and purchases and everything. And this was before it had like uh, a separate office. There's a couple rooms as you go back and then the office is in the very back and they can lock that up and keep all their merchandise and stuff mm -hmm. safe because when we walked in, all the books and shirts and everything are sitting right there without a soul around. And I'm thinking, wow. you know, you're going to get the wrong person in here and they're going to have a hell of a payday right. walking out of here. Uh, yeah. And anyway, I, they were really nice people. We never saw anybody around. So I don't know if he was over at a neighbor's house or what, but I mean, it was, this gives you an idea of what it used to be. I mean, it was just very trusting, very open, very whatever. I went there with my wife about a, it was pre COVID. So it was probably like 19 and we go down there and I went in the height of tourist season. Now I didn't know that Southwest Iowa had a tourist season, but apparently it does because we went there and that place was packed. I mean, it was unbelievable. There were, uh, in the group that we had now, another thing they don't tell you about the, the house itself is that it's tiny. Anybody who's ever been there will tell you it is a small, small house. It is not very big at all. And they were, uh, in my group alone, there were probably about 15, 20 people. Huh. And we go in, and and I'm not throwing shade on Velisca at all. I mean, they, you know, they're they're doing what they do, and it's fine. But this just gives you an idea. And there's, it's not like you're packed in, you can't move, but it is, it's crowded. Mm. I mean, you're you're in there, and you can move comfortably, but you have to pay attention to what you're doing in the house. And so they let groups in about, you know, 20 people or so, and you can comfortably move, but it's, you're waiting to go up and down the stairs. It's, you know, and I remember going there and I, uh, I was actually able to go through the house for about 20 or 30 minutes by myself, you know, because there just wasn't a lot of people out there. Yeah. So we're upstairs and, you know, to kind of play into that idea of that mass psychosis or, or group think, because uh, this wasn't a psychosis, it was more of a groupthink situation. We're in the in the one kid's bedroom upstairs. And with the murder itself, after the murders took place, the killer, for whatever reason, covered all the mirrors in the house with sheets and clothes and whatever else. And so they have recreated that when you go through and take the tour now. Oh, yeah. And there was somebody in there. Now I don't like crowds and I don't really care to be feel crowded in. Mm -hmm. And I start getting grumpy and I'm up there and I I'm just, 
you know, kind of going to my happy place and thinking happy thoughts. And there's somebody, oh, I guess there has to be one in every crowd. They go, well, all the mirrors are covered. Yeah, that happened during the, the murder itself. And there's this one guy over by the door. He goes, you know why they did that, right? Oh, God. No. Oh, why? No, no, no. Because evil can't stand the sight of seeing itself. And I told my wife, I just whispered, honey, I got to get out of here. I am done. <laughs> So we, so we, le I left and I ended up, you know, I had a very interesting conversation. One of the people that run the place, a great guy. And, uh, you know, I had a great conversation outside, but I mean, it was open air and it was, it was wonderful. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just this whole thing of, there's no basis in fact for that, except the fact that the mirror was covered Anyone will tell you they don't know why the guy did it. It could be because it was a Southern burial custom. It could be, it could be the guy's not dead normal. He just axed a, a family of eight. You yeah. know, this is not a normal act, and you're expecting rationality out right. of this whole thing, really? And there is there is a Victorian uh, like funeral custom where they would cover mirrors, mm -hmm. uh, but. Yeah. It probably, yeah, wasn't what the expert says is uh, evil can't stand to see evil. <laughs> the expert, I like that. <laughs> you got to do it in that voice, it, too. You got to do it in that sing made. Hell sing yeah, made. there is always I, one. <laughs> well, and he sounded so serious about it. And then the thing that I remember and what really kind of, part of me was fascinated, part of me was just ticked off by the whole thing, that the whole crowd there was just like it was like reverent awe it was like there was a spiritual <laughs> truth bomb dropped down you know <laughs> this is the only way this is where ghosts come from and it was like everybody was enlightened suddenly and i'm just standing there like oh you are so full of it pal you don't have a clue <laughs> and i just I, I had to get out of there it's like that, that's enough but you get that that concept in so many places yep. Oh, that's, yeah, the expert. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the expert. <laughs> the expert. Um, but yeah, oh, like, my God. God save us from the expert, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, right, from, from uh, the with, with the tourism aspect like that, I mean, I, and I right. think that's what you're referring to. Yeah, that's, I've, I've heard that personally on tours we've done. We've, had, we've done plenty of tours over time, and mm -hmm. there is the resident expert. You know, and it's sometimes it's even my wife here that's sitting across the table from me, because I, I, well, you've done this to me at Mackinac Island. <laughs> In what way? What's the name of that place? Uh -oh. No, this is actually good stuff, uh, but the same nonetheless. What, what's it? Sugarloaf Hill. What was the name of that thing on Mackinac? Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf Hill or whatever. It's a, just the Sugarloaf. The Sugarloaf. It's a rock formation. It's a rock formation. So we're walking along, and we come up to this thing called the Sugarloaf, which is a rock formation, as Amber said. Right. And literally, as I'm standing there, I hear a voice in my ear going, they say there's ghosts in no, hills. No, that's she just. Did, she did like this goofy like pirate voice in my head, and I'm like. Go ahead. That's just telling you the stories but behind was, the place. But, but I'm not but going. You, but you were so doing Scott. It. I, know. I know, but it was still hilarious. I wasn't an <laughs> was expert. I was a storyteller. It was, no, you were doing fantastic. Okay. Oh, I thought you I were said, telling. I am going to keep myself very small and stay as far away from this as I can. I'm going to get hurt if I say anything. I thought he was saying I was the, quote, paranormal expert no, at one I point said, on I Mackinac. said a second ago that it was the same but cool. 
Oh well. Okay, so that's how I, that's that's my out. You see, John. Okay. It'll keep. It'll keep I, I follow. Okay. I follow, but like I said, I'm staying quiet. <laughs> I've done this before. I've tried that. Yeah, I can go ahead and you know it. It ends badly. I got scars from doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, but I show these when I've had a couple too many beers at parties. You know, I got this scar from wading into a conversation. Like, nope, 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 nope. But you know, on this, on this, on this whole thing. <laughs> On this whole trip with, with you know with, with 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 dark tourism, let's call it these, mm-hmm. these things, I, you know, and I've talked about this a handful of times. I, I know I have in the past here. I've seen it in our state here. I'm not going to name any names, but you know, I th- all of a sudden I've seen places not too far from where we're at right now, where all of a sudden I see them pop up somewhere on Facebook or instagram or something like that and mm-hmm. you'll see these elaborate videos of people telling stories like well there was this is an old you know this old this old building here there was you know 90 million people got murdered here and they got pureed in this thing and <laughs> it's totally <laughs> totally so haunted and you can tour this building for only 200 dollars in one right. night and right I, and you know i i've went as far as to do a little research on a couple of these things and you know not like the pro across the table for me, but I've done enough. Oh my I think. God! No, no, you do. No, you were actually you're a deep. Oh, I driver. thought you were being facetious again with me. No, I wasn't. Oh, oh I thought you're calling me an expert again. <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, no. okay. I know, but I've done, I can do enough research to know, you know, and I've dug, I dug into a few of these things over the, over the years, and there's absolutely no documentation on any of the things that were like, in a couple of these situations. There was absolutely no documentation whatsoever on what was being claimed. Right. right. And I call that simply manufacturing a haunt. <laughs> You're well, yeah. You know, and I mean, I think that may be with a lot. Well, no, you know, I don't want to judge too harshly. Um, a situation oh, like judge that. Away. No, a situation like that. That's clearly what I call manufacturing a haunt. Um, I, I can see the logic in this. Well, you know. <laughs> These idiots don't believe anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what right. else to say. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, I go ahead. I talked to a I talked to a group in uh, in Iowa, mm-hmm. and I was talking to a member of their historical society, and we were discussing tourism, and uh, you know, the conversation bounced around quite a bit. But he told me that they make more money off of paranormal tourism because yeah. they got a haunted hotspot. And that. he said, we make more money off of that than we do yep. our normal tours and for the rest of our stuff, because people go nuts over the ghost yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, I think that's a factor that you really can't underestimate. I mean, I mean, we were joking. I was joking about food earlier, but I mean, people need these societies, I don't think people really realize how much it takes to maintain some of these buildings. Uh, well, yes. and that's that's the good side yes. of this. But go ahead, John. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, you're absolutely right. And yeah, I mean interrupt away. You're cool. I, this is a conversation. People interrupt each other. That's I, okay. I am not offended. We're good. Uh, uh if I if I'm sitting here and just dominating the conversation, no, I start feeling guilty and weird. No, I mean that's that's a good that's uh, I will say that to your point yeah. that that is we all understand that. that yeah. yeah. Right. These, if you have a building you're trying to maintain and, yes. you know, we just had our friend Scott, uh, Scott Sukal on, Zippy, our mm-hmm. buddies, and they're, they actually are, for, were from Mansfield. Mansfield yep. Now they didn't own the place. They worked there. Right. But mm-hmm. listening to these guys talk and I've listened to them talk a bunch of times about their time at, at Mansfield, they truly love that building. 
They love yeah. that place. They they cared about that building. And I think there's a lot of people in that same position where they truly do care about the building. So they want to they want to find a way to raise money to keep the building upright. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, to your yeah to your point, I agree a hundred percent with that. I think, uh, you know, I don't think it can ever be underestimated. I think that, so I think there's a fine line and, you know, it's kind of what, what scruples you want to embrace. And, and, you know, I mean, I, there is a question of ethics sometimes. I mean, I think sometimes you have these venues, they want to cash in on, on that. And so they, like you said, they manufacture a haunt, they Mm -hmm. get it out there, they make it up out of whole cloth and Mm -hmm. people come in. Uh, it does raise on, on a side note, when you start doing stuff like that, where you have a completely false premise and it kind of plays more into the Phillips experiment and things where, uh, you just manufacture something. And when you actually have phenomena start existing after this point, how much of it is manufactured by the human mind and the people coming in and their belief and everything. Exactly. But be that as it may, uh, you know, you have these people trying, struggling to, maintain their historic building and their historic properties and just their history in general. Mm-hmm. And so they find a cash cow because it only brings in so much. I've seen so many of these people struggle over the years and then you have a cash cow and people want to come in and they want a ghost. So you heard a ghost story or you have a bunch of ghost stories that you just don't talk about much, or maybe you threw them out at a Halloween presentation thing uh, a couple of years ago and a few people remembered And they come in, it's like, wow, let's do this. Or you have like Velisca, which kind of evolved organically, where you had people come in and they wanted to investigate the place because, you know, where there's murder, there's ghosts. And so they offer to pay, you know, three, five hundred bucks or whatever it is to come in and spend the night and, you know, run around and talk to the air or whatever they're doing. And you're just sitting there. It's like, hey, man, I don't care. I don't have anything against you. Uh, doing this so yeah give me 500 bucks i'm all right with that run around the house don't break anything yeah lock up in the morning you know and you have these venues doing that and so it becomes a viable way to save these places to save these properties i mean look at the the problems they have like uh in big cities like la where yeah it's a historical venue all this cool stuff happened here but we're tearing it down because we're at a premium for space and i want to put up a new multi-million dollar high-rise because those people are dead and i'm not and i want i want a million bucks we need homes for people here too yeah so i mean right exactly yeah that's the idea with that um i think some cities are are well and i guess it depends on a group of people like that that want to save a building but i mean i've said this a lot about about detroit where we're at there's a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff we've destroyed a lot of our history here right to put up a baseball stadium or a new football stadium whatever it may be and i know people love sports that's fine too uh but i've seen a lot of that happen uh right it's happening in some spots of chicago where they just torn down things um you know and i it it's still but at the same time i kind of go well you know I mean, if no one's willing to step up there and try to save the building and, and find a way to keep the building viable and keep it useful in the community, at the same time, I'm like, well, man, geez. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe, Well, yeah. Maybe I don't it, know. But it's, it depends. It also depends on what it might be, too. I mean, if it is a historical property, a, a true historical property, then why? Yeah, you should leave it alone. But I think there's a classy way. I know some historical places are, like, hesitant to offer a paranormal tour either because of, you know, maybe there's someone on their board that's kind of stodgy or they're religious or something and they have their reasons right and or or some think well you know this isn't going to make us look serious and this is this is kind of this is a joke there's a classy way to combine both of those in your 
what you offer. You can do, uh, like, for example, Waverly Hills. They offer just normal tours yeah. about the history of right. the sanitarium. Which I think it's just as fascinating. There's not one ghost story told. And then if you love the ghost aspect of that building, then you can hop over here on, like, this ghost tour thing where you're still going to get history, but you're going to get the ghost. I think right. I think that's a great way to do it. You offer a little bit for any everybody out there. Um, and I just – I do. I've, I, we've said that multiple times in this show. Having ghost tours mm-hmm. in a town or for a historical location is awesome, especially yeah. if the stories are legit. Like you're not yeah. manufacturing oh, yeah. them like we're talking yeah, yeah. about. Right. I think you know, and uh, yeah, it can go both ways, yeah. but I think it's a positive thing. I, I think it's a positive thing in general. Again, for, pro- for, for these properties, we're talking about people that want to save these properties. Uh, and, I, I, you know, you mentioned that a second ago, Amber. I think I think just going on a general tour is just you know to a historical property that's got some really great. Oh, stories. I'm a nerd for that just as yeah. much. That can be just oh, as, yeah. just as fascinating as going you know going on the ghost tour itself. So I think I think yeah that's that that all in all I think it's a fantastic thing. All right, John, you have to tell everyone about the Kitchen Table Historian podcast before we let you go tonight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because they are going to oh. listen to this and they're going to be like, we need more of John. And they're going to have to go out and listen to your podcast. So explain what your podcast is. Uh, I run a podcast called The Kitchen Table Historian. It's true crime, paranormal, dark history from all over the Midwest. And it's bite size. It's not like like we've honestly been probably talking like an hour and a half right now. <laughs> if, if you pop on, like I popped on um, John's show uh, today. What one was I listening to? It was probably the last one you did. But I just got a notification for a new one today. Uh, Depths of Despair, a murder-suicide plot in Iowa. Yeah. But it was like 20 minutes. So if you got, like, just running some errands, you got a place to go real quick, you can get a podcast in. You don't have to, like, invest three hours, (laughs) which is great. (laughs) Bite-sized podcasts are the best. And you can hear more of John the Voice Brossard. (laughs) That's going to be his name on here. Speaking of making making T-shirts, I need one now. The Voice. Yeah, just, I just think it sounds. Uh, nice. oh, yeah, just, I just condense it. Yeah. Down, just condense it down to the voice. You know, just after like a while, it. it'll just voice. be the voice. Just be the voice. Yeah, I like it. I would so live by that. <laughs> Tell my kids I'm not dad anymore. Not you may voice. refer to me as. Would the it voice. be daddy voice? That sounds really weird. No, no, we're not going there. No, we're shutting that down right now. Uh, but I'll go with the voice. The voice is good. And of course, they can read anything you've written and find it on Amazon because you have three books out there: Murder and Mayhem in Scott County, Iowa. You got Scott County Cemetery, which I believe cemeteries, which you wrote with your dad, right? I did. Yes. I did. And your latest, Erie Quad Cities, with Michael McCarty. Um, John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about almost everything today. Yeah, we were all, we were all on that tonight. <laughs> Sorry about that. Things kind of no, it was glorious. fun. I mean, it's, it's the best I, kind. It, it's a conversation. That's the way conversations go. It should, you know, everybody should be having a good time and just kind of let everything go where it's at. You know, yep. I I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Well, let's do this again in another exact year. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you next November. <laughs> it's going to be our anniversary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thank you, thank you again, John. Thank you. Ghostly Talk!